Today on the show, we review the Royal Rumble from this past weekend and our thoughts on the WWE NXT. Fuck my ass. Leave that. <laughs> leave that. Because <laughs> it's a call to action, so leave it. Yep. Throwing it out there to, to everybody if they want. If they're interested, they're interested. If not, they don't want to do it, it's okay. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm editing this one this week, so I'm keeping it. Today on the show, we review the Royal Rumble from this past weekend, our thoughts on the WWE Netflix deal and the Vince McMahon lawsuit. We have also Fan of the Week and the Three Stars, and the Podski starts now. The Podski with John Baker. For over one year, the revolutionary force in audio entertainment. Freak out, freak out. I just had an out-of-body experience. The insane in the membrane. Brother. Yeah. And I'm here for only one reason, and that's to take it to the limit. Yeah. Somebody stop the damn man. Living on the edge. Who is your daddy? Hello and welcome to the Podski. I am your host, Johnny Bake Show. Joining me ringside, we are co-hosts, Teddy Mongoose and Justin Andretti. We are officially on the road to WrestleMania. It is episode 83, and I am so excited. We're finally on the road to WrestleMania, a WrestleMania that we are all three attending this year. Uh, so what is going on, guys? Good, man. Things are good. Busy as always. It's a crazy time of the year for me and the Mongoose. So we're trying to keep our head above water here and get some work done. And it's uh, it's a freaking 18-hour-a-day job right now, and it's not fun. But it, it is what it is. Sailing sailing the rough seas, brother, but we always make it to shore. Happy, happy, happy to be along for the, uh, for the double R and for all of the other. God only knows what we're going to talk about here with the, the rest of the week that the 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 e had what happened this week uh <laughs> oh my gosh it was not it was it was a tear it was a terrible week for uh, i heard i heard it was an amazing week well that's what triple h said what well, isn't he the guy i thought I, why wouldn't i believe everything he tells me we need to talk about that press conference at some point here but for him to come out after that royal rumble and say man i only want to talk about the positives because it was a great <laughs> for wwe that's what i tell my wife whenever she gets pissed off at me for doing something around the house i only want to talk about the positives of what i do not the not the the fact that i leave cups all over the house every every night for you to pick up <laughs> i'll tell you what man it is a, it is a hell of a strategy it really is no, I mean it, it was it was yeah, it was completely tone deaf and it got him buried by, you know, anybody with a keyboard and in the radio show or whatever for 72 hours afterwards, but hell he of a is, try. He is the last guy that should be acting like he don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. Uh, we're going to we're going to get into that. Uh but yeah, the, there was an it was an awful week for WWE. It started off really good. It started off really, really good for them. Uh they announced that Raw is moving from USA Network to Netflix in a gajillion dollar deal. Uh basically Raw is going to be on Netflix for 10 years in a what is it, five billion dollar deal. They're getting five hundred million dollars a year uh for the rights 
to be on Netflix. So um, I know that I instantly got questions. Well, what does this mean for Peacock? The Peacock deal, it, that's that's a deal. The, the network is staying in place uh, in the United States. It's staying in place until March of 2026. So that's You're not, talking about the, li- the library. It's the li- yeah, the library is not moving to Netflix. It is staying on Peacock. The only thing Peacock is getting is Raw, and they're getting some documentaries that they're going to be putting together in conjunction with their streaming service. So um, it's insanity, the amount of money that they are going to make for 10 years. But so are the, are the raw episodes like, like if uh, are only the live ones going to be on Netflix? I, I don't, I am unsure of that. Because if it then is it just gonna, is it going to go to Peacock then like you know a week later or whatever like to get posted up to get up, uploaded? I, I was that was what I was I didn't I didn't understand like what they were doing with the episodes after they aired live. I didn't know if, if Netflix was retaining that or if it was going to Peacock. They always bid out the next day rights. Like Hulu has them right now. Okay, you know, the, to have the next day, but that's expiring very soon. And I don't know if that is something that is rolled into that deal or not. It would only make sense that it would be, being that Netflix is an entire content library and you should be able to scroll through to watch whatever you want to the way that you could with any other show. Um, but I, don't, I do not know because I do not know what their approach to actual live television is going to be. That's what so I was going to ask be interesting you. I, I, didn't to see. I didn't know if you guys had heard anything about what that's supposed to be like because... I, has Netflix ever ever had a live event? The only one that I know that was a live event was the Dave Chappelle stuff, and that those was were live. Event. Yeah, they did a they did one this year. The one that was on New Year's was live. And I that's didn't know the that live service that they've done so far. So they must feel oh. pretty damn confident that they're going to be able to pull it off. Because well, I mean, everybody everybody else figured it out quick. I mean, Apple and Amazon figured it out on the spot, you know. So yeah, obviously Netflix should be able to do it too. I would think. Yeah, the one thing that I found really interesting, and this was because uh, I, I listened to Dave while I was driving around on Saturday, and he said that the UFC content manager, like data metrics person, they found that 80% of WWE viewers overlap as network subscribers or Netflix subscribers. So they know that the fan base will follow wherever they put Raw, the fan base will follow. They'll figure it out. And they believe that they can add the other 20% that's not on the streaming service. They can add them to the streaming service because it is going to be a cheaper option than what cable already is. Yeah. And it's like a really crazy thing to think about as well. It's a, it, well, here's the thing. It's a really good business pitch, but it's also incredibly wrong yeah. because the WWE audience, I don't think, would follow them for Raw. I think they would follow them for raw in the library. I think that that is a true, I think that that is a true statement. If it's raw plus the library, I don't, I think that there is a certain percentage and look, man, everybody wants to increase your subscriptions. And the other thing about that is if you're just going to uh, get the, get Netflix to watch one show, obviously you're going to go with the cheap tier and that's the one that Netflix wants you on anyways, because that's the one with ads. Mm -hmm. Um, So that does make sense, but I don't, I don't think 20% is anywhere near realistic 
you know, for them to for them to get the entire pie. I think that more realistic is probably like five percent, five six percent, something like that. Yeah. Now, if if they in twenty twenty six when that um, library deal comes up, and if Netflix is able to add on the library to that, then I think absolutely it, it could be that and then some. Um, but yeah, it's it was it was a very very clever. You want to talk like smart business thing to put out there, man. Like smart business approach. Mm-hmm. That that was that raised my eyebrows too. Whenever I heard that, I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah. So essentially, they basically doubled their money in year for a yearly basis on Raw. I think that they were sitting around two eighty something for the yearly rights, and they're now getting five hundred million. Um, and that. That that is insane to think about the kind of money that they're going to have on tap now. And well, the thing about that though is that it is it is an increase, but it's that is worldwide. Yeah, like right now they can they have two hundred eighty million or two hundred sixty million or whatever a year for raw, but they also can then subcontract that out to the Asian market, to the Indian market, to the European market, to whatever. And while it might not make up the entire 240 extra billion dollars that they're going to get, the the increase would be a little bit deceptive from what I understand there. Yeah. Because it's not like those wouldn't have gone up as well. Um, the weird thing about it is they're betting on the market leveling off. They have to be. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you're willing to commit to 10 years like that, um, and maybe they end up looking brilliant, you know, and everything starts to maybe level off and even go down. Or, you know, if things go the way that they are, you think about what a dollar is today versus a dollar in 2012, it's pretty different. Yeah. And that's the other part, you know, not even only only accounting for inflation. What does what does that look like? And nobody knows. But I think that it's awesome. I do. I, I think that for them to sort of trailblaze in this way is really cool. I think it's really smart. I think it's triple smart for them to be in or on the service that everybody has yeah. because not everybody had Peacock. You know, not every everybody has ESPN Plus. Everybody has Netflix, man. Yeah. That's, yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up too. The other thing, um, darn, I, I had a I had another point. But it was, man, it, it's, it, I think you kind of hit it on the head, though, that it's really smart for them to get on the service that everybody had from the beginning. Everybody's had Netflix. And that's just, yeah, they're, they're really, oh, that's what it was. In five years, Netflix can either re-up and they can extend that 10 years to 15, or like you said, they can scale it back, too. So, uh, like, they could be stuck on a streaming service for 15 years, and we don't even know there's no way that cable's going away. Like people have been saying cable's dead for years and it's, it's not dead yet, but streaming, no one knows where streaming's going. And it's kind of crazy to like, think about that, that they're going to be on a streaming service for 15 years. Like I can't even think like this, the service has changed so dramatically yearly, like to think about like, are they going to be a staple in 15 years is crazy. Yeah. That's probably the best way to put a cap on this is that it is the great unknown. Um, it is exciting. Stock price shot up. I know that that was a punch in the gut for somebody on the uh, on the microphone here. 
Um, but then didn't didn't that thing just go right back down to normal, huh? I uh, I sold while I was up. <laughs> I sold while I was up. I know uh, maybe Andretti he held on. I held on to it. Yeah, I sold. While I got out. I got back in. Keep holding for a long, probably for a long while now. Yeah, but that was that was fast. Yeah, the uh, the the other thing we got to pivot to now is this is this Vince news. This this is this was the big drop of the week, and I don't think that any of us. I mean, obviously, we're not naive to know that like this is after the original news from like two years ago that we're not naive naive enough to think that there isn't more. And uh, the, this news, I, I don't even know where to start with this news. It's it's so bad and it's i couldn't believe what i was reading as it came out so for those that uh i don't know live under a rock or don't know what's going on there was a lawsuit that was filed against vince mcmahon uh from uh a former uh employee of wwe she uh, was a part of that initial lawsuit in 2022 and where she was basically given a very good position within the company in exchange for sexual favors. Um, he, he being Vince, uh, he would pass around photos and videos of her um, that she uh, did not consent, uh, but he also had trafficked her or uh, for in contracts uh trafficked her to um vice president john laurinaitis uh she had to sign an nd an nda at the end of the relationship and uh this was we she was promised hush money that was uncovered in that original investigation i believe uh however vince uh stopped paying uh the um hush money and that is basically why this uh this lawsuit came to light and it is a 67 page document that starts horrific and gets worse by the sentence and i i it's it's so bad i could not believe the things that i read on the internet this week like the things that were in that lawsuit it's it's awful look i mean i don't know everybody else has been beating this to death and I, I don't know how much time you want to spend on it but the thing that I would I would say about all of it is just the fact that people who do these kind of things don't just do it one time. So how many thousands of these are there from 1980 until 2024? Yeah. A, a million? I mean, are there a million of them out there? Like, you don't, you don't, this isn't the first rodeo for this. So, you know, it's, there's, there's a, a, a big track record here of things that we haven't heard anything about yet. And that's, what's really scary about it. And the worst, the worst thing about it is the fact that all of this is contemporary. Like this isn't something that was dug up from 1998 or even 2005. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about a man that's in his seventies. And I bring that up specifically because I, I can name you time after time that I was a bonehead in my teens, in my 20s, I would never do things that I did when I was in my teens. And in my 30s, I would never do things that I did when I was in my 20s. And there's a lot of things that one would do 
that as you grow up, you say, oh my gosh, that wasn't right, right? Like the way the way that I treated this person or the way that I acted in this situation or whatever. If you were in your 70s and doing that, wow, right? Like like you you have, what what did you learn? And if you learned anything, was it I'm unstoppable? Which is probably what the answer is to that. And that's the shame of it all, man. You know, the the moral of the story here is don't have heroes that you don't know in real life. And also, um, there is there's no way that you get to be there. There might be a handful of good millionaires in this world simply because people could have sat on their money and been wise and frugal and all of that. Um, but I think that you'd be hard pressed to find a good hearted billionaire out there. Uh, and this is not that we didn't know that he wasn't a scumbag for years from everything from, you know, the stampede dealing to him swiping in on the, the, uh, the black Saturday with the, um, the Georgia championship wrestling deal. And whenever he sort of went nationwide with all of that, you know, once this became Vince's company, he right away started sort of sticking it to people and we only ever saw that on the business side, and we chalked it up to him being a savvy businessman. And, you know, at the end of it, we see that maybe he just is a man of low moral fiber, and that's the way that it is. And the most important thing here is this gives a whole lot of context, specifically with the Stephanie deal, because I remember we had no idea what was going on when she all of a sudden went on leave. And then she not only came back, but came back as the CEO and then went radio dark. I'm out of here. Um, and now we know why, because obviously she was hip to the game there. Yeah. Well, yeah. look, you're, you're almost 40. I'm in my forties. You might even be 40. I don't even know, but, <laughs> but uh, um, you know, Stephanie and Shane are essentially my age or close to it. Um, and I can't fathom what it would be like to find out that my dad did this as a 75, 80 year old man. Um, whenever I have kids old enough to be in college, I mean, can you, can you imagine how bad Shane's kid is getting roasted by the freaking frat boys at Indiana right now for this shit? I mean, I can't, I can't even imagine like having to, having to just listen to people make fun of you for your grandfather doing the things that your grandfather did in those text messages, man. It's, 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 it's so embarrassing and it's so embarrassing right now to just be a fan because they're, you know, the, the whole stereotype of wrestling fans is that we're all a bunch of hillbillies and rednecks. And look, we are, I mean, I, I am, I'm an educated redneck. <laughs> it's, that's what it is. But you know, the whole, the whole thing is that we're stupid. And how can you believe this this thing that is, that is fake? And it's so dumb, right? And there's all this stupid stuff that happens in wrestling. That's the stereotype. The people are uneducated and they're stupid fans, right? And when Vince McMahon comes out on TV and everybody cheers for him like they did whenever he came out that time, and then all this stuff goes on, it just throws more fuel in the fire, man, about how we're all idiots and we're all stupid for 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 being a fan of this of this stuff. I mean, it's really embarrassing, man. It's it's embarrassing to be a fan and have the and have the the face of the industry, which is what Vince is, it has been for, you know, 40 50 years, um to be in this position where he's doing these things. I mean, I I don't I don't know how else to say it other than just from I I I really feel for Shane and I really feel for for Stephanie and for and for their kids, man, because 
man, this is this is just it, it's a level of embarrassment that I can't even imagine what what they're going through as as the kids of of this guy. That, that's a that's a really good point. Yeah, I just I can't even I can't imagine being like the people that had to live through it, like the victims. Like that's what's ugh, I don't uh, it's it's awful. It's horrific, well, the, and it's well, the, thing, the, the thing about it is that it's impossible. You know, speaking about us being you know just middle you know young middle aged men, we can't empathize there, right? Um, and to to have the universal consensus being this shocking in an age where many things that we have in our mainstream would literally make our grandparents puke is crazy, isn't it? Yeah. That, like, like that it's that bad, right? That, that we can, you can go on to any television show, any movie, anything like that. And the violence and nudity and all the other things that are out there that a couple of generations ago, people would have literally burned the house down over and people are still this shocked and appalled by it. Like that is, that is awful. It is, it is that bad. And the other part um, to go back to what Andretti was saying before uh, I was glad that he brought up the people cheer and Vince thing, because how bad does that look now? And how do you think that made him feel um, in terms of bulletproof? Because he stepped down what was probably directly related to these allegations. And then he went out there on television and everybody lost their mind for him, you know, and I, you know, doing the, 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 the bow down and, and everything else. And he got all the adulation and everything. And this is what it was about. This is why he stepped down. And it is, it's embarrassing is, is probably the best way to put it for us, you know, for other people involved, it's far beyond that. Yeah. Um, but I'm saying it's from what we can actually feel and what, you know, what we, what we can, I can't tell you how many times in the last two to three days, I've had conversations with people that know I like wrestling about this. Yes. And it's like, what do you say? Dude, I didn't go. Yeah, this, I didn't this go to is absolutely house. terrible. I didn't go to my in-laws on Sunday because I didn't want to, I didn't want anybody to ask me anything about it. And, and that all, all my, you know, my, my in-laws, all my in-laws, my sister-in-laws, brother-in-laws, you know, all those people, my father-in-law, mother-in-law are all going to be there. And I'm like, you know what? I don't feel good. I'm not going down there because I'm not, I knew, I knew somebody was going to make a comment and I was going to, I was, I'm, I'm just a type of person, man, who's, who's going to go on the defense is what it is. You know, I can't justify anything, but I'm going to try to defend everybody else, you know, to the point where not everybody is a psychopath. And there's, there are, I'm sure there's thousands of people that work it, you know, in the WWE that are good people that have, have no idea about any of this stuff. You know, have, you know, I mean, stuff happens in other industries. You can't blame everybody for it. You know I mean? Here's, here's the thing, you know, look, there, there's, there's not people, there's not parents. Okay. Right now who are telling their kids, you can't go to Penn state because of what happened with Paterna. Okay. Now maybe that happened um, when when the stuff went down with Paterna, where, where families didn't want their kids to go to play athletics or even go to school at Penn State, okay? That stuff did blow over. They got rid of all of the psychopaths who were involved in all of that shit. All those people have been removed. They redid the locker room. 
there's no trace of any of that stuff on that campus at this point. Okay. Everything's, everything's been changed. So it is, you, you, you have to, you have to do that. You have to have a, a complete restart. You've got to stop acknowledging that Vince was ever a part of this. Don't ever say his name. Don't talk about him. Don't do anything ever again. Just completely distance yourself from it and just learn from it. Move on. Put stuff in place where this kind of this kind of things aren't going to happen again. I would be completely shocked if something like that would ever happen again in the WWE. Something like that, where you know it came it came out of of being a private company. And when you're a private company, man, you can hide in the weeds and you can do whatever the hell you want to do. And this is how this stuff you know goes untracked. Whenever there's one guy making all the decisions, right? The one guy is the authority where people are scared to death to even speak up. Because they're going to lose their job. And that's that's a big part of it too, man. But you, you got to understand that even though there's egg on the face of the WWE right now, because of there's, you know, a couple of jackasses that did these things over the course of time that are horrible, those people are no longer employed. They're gone. All right. So just give them, give them the, 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 the benefit of a reset. And let's see how this goes. And if they investigate anybody else and kick anybody else out of there, then so be it. But I, I think that that they're going to probably learn a very painful lesson from this. Uh, maybe maybe only from a PR standpoint. But I would be shocked if there is anybody else there right now that is is day to day involved in the foolishness that went on with with Laurinaitis and with McMahon. I really do. So you you gotta you gotta give them an opportunity to get through it and to, and, and just, just don't blame everybody there, man. And you can't blame, you can't blame the players at Penn state whenever Sandusky was raping little kids. Okay. You don't blame the kid. You don't blame the players for that. Okay. Don't, 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 you know, trash the players and in, in the other assistant coaches who might not have known anything or the other people that work in the, in the uh, athletic office who might not have known anything. All the people who, who were involved in that, that covered stuff up are gone. And it's not it's not fair to keep pointing the finger at them at this point. Um, just just let them get to a point where those people can go to work and enjoy their work experience and and make a living and do what they want to do, man. Because there's a thousand people there who had absolutely nothing to do with any of this stuff, man. And it, it really it just it kills me because you know everybody gets blamed. Every single person gets blamed, man. And, and, when, and I, I'm telling you, I, I haven't talked to any of the talent in the WWE, obviously, but when those people got in a car the next morning to go to work, they were fucking embarrassed themselves for going to work in a place like that, man. And that that's not fair to those people that didn't know anything about this for them to get for them to get thrown under the under the bus with these other assholes. Yeah. So, all right, well, we'll put a bow on that nastiness. Uh, and we'll move on to our weekly segment of the week. This is uh, something that we're hard pivot. <laughs> I, dude, I was literally saying, going to say, let's call this segment hard pivot. I, th- that was on the tip of my tongue. And then there you go. Great minds. God, we just, we just had a, a hardcore death match and now we're going to come out with the, with the divas. The yeah. Number one contender match for the divas are coming out to the yeah. ring. And here we go. <laughs> yeah. Really quick though, before, before we do that, yeah, fuck you, Vince McMahon and John Laronitis. Fuck you both. You know what's funny about Laurinaitis? On to the next. Oh, never mind. Here we go. I say, I say John, that. John Laurinaitis was a terrible worker and a in ter- a in a terrible executive who was a complete asshole to everybody. And I really hope no. that guy 
ends up getting in a ton of legal trouble with this man and gets in as much trouble as he possibly can because that guy's a, a piece of shit. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we are going to do fan of the week right now. Fan of the week. <laughs> this last week, we inducted Ponytail Patterson into the fan of the week hall of fame. And this week we have some fresh entries. Uh, these will uh, not be in the hall of fame. These are going to be just the weekly entries here. I am. Oh, they could be down the road. It could if be. They, down the road. If, they, if they end up being fan of the year by the end of the year, one of them could be, who knows? That is true. Uh, I guess I, I'll kick us off. Uh, if you're following along on YouTube, you'll be able to see it on the screen here, but <laughs> my fan of the week is somebody from this weekend show. And I saw him ringside, and <laughs> this is Lil John Macho Man because this guy—I <laughs> don't know if that is Lil John. I don't think it is, but it—it it certainly looks damn close to it. And I popped to the moon. I don't know who's better. Is it—is it Macho Man Lil John, or is it the guy in the Royal Rumble baseball jersey beside him giving the thumbs down? <laughs> Can we put both of them in this week? Well, hell yeah, we can throw as many as we want. I, I just sent you pictures. Um, that the little John Macho man's probably going to win this. That he's just, uh, it's unbelievable. That guy's outfit's unbelievable. I just sent you two more. So the, the one, the one I'm going to put in was actually from two dynamites ago because we were I was saving it, um, and I've been calling him the Thundertaker. Because he just looks like he's, you know, dressed like The Undertaker, but he's fun. He's really fun. He looks like a, a millennial guy sitting there with a big smile on his face in his Undertaker gear. So we got the Thundertaker that we're going to put into. And I also sent you a picture of what actually might be the Iron Sheik that is sitting in the crowd over, over Adam Copeland's shoulder from last week's Dynamite. Oh, my God. That dude might actually be the Iron Sheik. That looks like you doctored that. I did, and I'm telling you, man, that guy was in the crowd. I, mean, I was laughing the whole show. But oh, I, I forgot I forgot to send that over to you. That's so great. Is that Arn Anderson in front of him? I hope so. Thumbs down? Dude, you know that's a, that's a total... That, 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 uh, sitting in that chic mask that entire time, you think about how uncomfortable you guys wore in Lucha masks at that Mania show for a couple of hours... Imagine having straight latex covering your face in the front row of a wrestling crowd for a, a dynamite taping or whatever that was. That We're talking four or five hours he's sitting there. I hope he didn't take it off the whole time. I hope he didn't eat. I hope he didn't drink. I probably hardly breathed. Did the Undertaker, the Undertaker looks like AJ Styles before he got on the gas. <laughs> that's so great if you guys go to the uh to the chat the zoom chat my pick was uh from a couple of dynamites ago um i went with front row dusty with the gary spivey hair (laughs) oh man that's really great yeah yeah it's uh Look, man, I I always give I always give a lot of props to people that that go in full gimmick to shows. Shouts out to me and Andretti that did that at King of the Ring 2002. 
Yeah, I drew um, I drew a beard on my face in the, in an Ohio rest stop bathroom, and everybody was staring at me the whole time. <laughs> with a with a with a brown Crayola marker. That's the that was the best part about it is you scribbled a beard a beard on your face to be the million dollar man. But uh, dude, the the thing about it is the shirt that Gary Spivey Dusty has on looks like it would be a fat suit shirt, except. His, the size of his head and his chin and everything, of course, it's not a fat suit, which is what makes it even better. It's just it's just a flesh colored t shirt underneath the the polka dots. But dude, this guy is on elbow pads. He is on wristbands. Um, he's he's awesome. He's absolutely awesome. Um, gave everybody the business. He got a couple of shout outs from people from wrestlers during the matches. So yeah, that's my guy, Gary Spivey Dusty. So, uh, Baker, you're putting all those pictures up, right? You're going to put them all up? Yeah, okay. they're on the screen right now if you're watching. So, I'm going to I'm gonna say this right now. I, I know I sent in the in the chat, in our group chat, that I had a big reveal that I was going to give you guys the other night, and I just never even acknowledged it ever again. <laughs> but there, there actually is, is something in the works right now for Ponytail Patterson that I have not given you yet. So, mm-hmm. I'm going to put this thing together for Ponytail Patterson. And I'm gonna. I'll probably do it tonight. Hopefully, I'll do it tonight. I'll send it over to you so that whenever you post the show, you can post the 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 induction the induction graphics of Ponytail Patterson going into the uh, into the Hall of Fame in a in a very special kind of funny way. Okay. Oh, I can't wait. That that was great. Is your, is your shirt saying Houthis? Is are, are you a Houthi rebel? Hey, oh, and hounds. Okay, I thought I said Houthis. No, no, no. <laughs> Are you rooting for are you rooting for the terrorists? <laughs> Property of a Houthi XXL athletic department. Oh my god. Oh my. Well that <laughs> that was uh that was fan of the week. Uh if you have a fan of the week that you want to send in, send it to us on the socials. Um we at uh, the underscore posky on Twitter and Instagram, or you can just leave it in the comments um uh, below on youtube uh but we also want to do one more thing before we get into this rumble uh we want to do uh the three stars of the week so um i'll let andretti uh take it away here on his three stars so mongoose had a good idea where he thought we should just do it where it's kind of like the the hockey thing right where there's not really in, in any order you just kind of give three three stars of the game right mm-hmm. okay so i had i just wrote down three names number one um, it's kind of like, you know, people that you thought had a good week or been doing good recently, they kind of want to give a shout out to um, Adam Page for me, man, is is a guy that I, I you know, I, I've come full circle on that guy, man. Well, actually, if I came full circle, I'd, I'd hate him. So I did. I went 180 degrees. So I, Adam Page's not 365 or 360. You'll, be, but, you'll, uh, you'll, probably, you'll probably be back to full circle here will. Yeah, by the time no we doubt. get to April. No doubt. There's no doubt. But Hangman Page has been doing a great job, um, especially his his mic work. And his promos have gotten way better, man, over the uh, over probably the last year or so, maybe even only six months. I, I wanted to give a shout-out to that guy because I think he really does deserve it. Um, the second one I had was um, was Samantha Irvin, man. I mean, how how awesome is Samantha Irvin right now? I mean, she's she's so freaking good. Like, I, 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 was, I am blown away by her. More and more that I even watch WWE, man, the more I'm, I'm impressed with her and how much she brings to that whole, that whole production. I'm I'm glad that you brought up Samantha Urban. That's awesome. 
Um, and then the um, the third one I had, and obviously these are in no order, but the um, the third one was, was Drew McIntyre, man. And, and I Drew's uh, McIntyre is another guy that I've kind of I've really come around, man, a, a lot over the last couple months with him, and you know where he's gone so far with that character and how believable he is with it, and he just comes across in such a such an unbelievable way right now. And this is the best work that guy's ever done, man. And I'm really I'm really hoping that he is already secretly um, resigned. Um, and that they can run with him for a while because that guy, to me, might be number one for me it, it, uh, uh, right now of everybody. Yeah, I'm glad you brought him up. He was gonna make my top three. He's gonna he's right on the outside for three stars for me. Uh, but my three stars, uh, I'm glad you said Samantha Irving because that like fired off a light bulb in my brain, and I I got to give some love to uh, the Kevin Dunless WWE production since Kevin Dunn has retired uh, WWE production has went way up. I really like what they did with the um, shooting the wrestlers as they were coming into the building. That was very sports-like. I like the the timer that they had up in the top corner during the rumble. That was really great. Uh, not they're not overdoing the camera cuts as much anymore. It's very, very refreshing. Uh, they they had a couple hiccups on that first show without him, but but since then it's been pretty flawless. Yeah, uh, my other my second star is going to go to Kevin Owens. Uh, guy broke his foot three weeks ago, and we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about his match uh, here in a second too. But uh, Kevin Owens uh, worked that match with a broken foot. Uh, dude just is put out there all the time and always delivers. Uh, and then my third star. It's I I'm going to give it to Cody Rhodes. He uh, he went in earlier. Uh, I can't wait to talk about that because Andretti and I, if you are a longtime listener or a first time listener to the Podski, you know that Andretti and I left WrestleMania night two last year. And we while we were in the parking lot on the way back to the hotel, we pretty much booked out the entire year of what we thought was going to happen with this bloodline Cody Rhodes feud. And we were pretty damn close so far. So. Uh, we'll get to that uh, at the end of the show. But, uh, yeah, there's my three stars. Kevin Dunless, WWE Production, Kevin Owens, and Cody Rhodes. Bring her on. I actually had uh, Drew. I had that name written down. I'm not going to change it. And I had Drew because I did not catch Raw yet. But I did get the entire rundown of the CM Punk promo um, I saw some of his uh, social media work afterwards, and bless up, man. That's that that stuff's great. So I'm I'm very excited to watch this week's RAW to see the follow up. But what I did see was him in the Rumble, and uh, the dude has an incredible presence. He's been able to work, you know, for years and years now. You know, we, he's demonstrated himself as a as a capable worker in this company, especially. You know, since that NXT run, whenever he was the champion there, came up and, you know, was sort of lost in the netherworld for a while, even though he wasn't 3MB anymore. He was still struggling to sort of crack that top tier. Uh, he, he did. But look, dude, the um, the Scotsman with the seer, the sword named Sally or Brenda or whatever it was, that'll only take you so far. So him going full like Bret Hart in a way of... I'm the bad guy because I'm just going to tell you everything that's right. Like the, I'm always right, essentially. 
is really, really cool um, for him to have sour grapes, but for them to be legit sour grapes. Uh, and he's he's on the cusp of a mega, mega baby face turn, I think. I really do. And so I wanted him on there. Um, my second one's Braun Breaker because Braun had his number called and he didn't just deliver, he over-delivered in the Rumble. But before the Rumble, Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin are the most entertaining thing on NXT right now. And that's a show that has Trick and Ilya Dragunov and a bunch of other really talented and entertaining people on it. And Braun and, and Baron are great together. Um, but Braun looks so impressive right now. When he hits the ropes, he flies a million miles an hour. His power stuff looks great. He carries himself like an actual superstar now, not somebody that's just big and buff and is taught how to be one. Um, and the Rumble performance really sort of put the cherry on top there. And then my last one, and he deserves it, is CM Punk. Because, look, brother, uh, he went, uh, what, seven-ish minutes? And it felt like that. Maybe it wasn't with Cody in that one-on-one at the end. And it wasn't great, but it was actually okay because they just looked gassed, which you want people to be dead tired at the end of a rumble. And we found out that he didn't look great because he tore his tricep off the bone and still did all of his spots um, you know, he turned heel mid match there, like purposely turned heel, which props, man, that's really good business because Cody's about to go over. So get this guy cheered right now. So the crowd isn't split. Um, and the fact that he not only finished the match, but finished with a mini match at the end of that, and then didn't do the Hulk Hogan. I leave, I leave the loser, but everybody wants me back. Yeah. He he turned himself bad for the crowd in the middle of the match, put Cody over, and good for him, man. I mean, that's 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 true professionalism, and I think that that should be commended. I mean, he's a, he's tough, man. He's a tough guy, that's for sure. Can't take that away from him. You know, he the fact that he powered through that and did everything that he had to do in you know perform the way that he did at the end. What you got to give him credit for that, man. Absolutely. Uh, but we're here. We're at the main event. We'll, we're going to talk. Hey, about so real, real, real quick here, Bake, before we jump into that, I just want to say one thing. So, you know, I know, obviously, Triple H wanted to focus on the positives. And I, I just want to say one more thing about Raw. I'm not going to give any spoilers, as I know Mongus hasn't seen it. But um, that Raw last night was really good. And especially for it being a three-hour show, um, obviously, not all the matches were as good as the other matches. That that's You're going to get that every week. But here's the thing. The fact that everything happened you know, last week, this weekend, leading into that show, and they came out and they hit, I'm going to say it was an A, A-minus Raw last night, probably A-minus, I'll give it an A-minus, um, probably an A-minus Raw that they came out the gate and hit and hit that last night, man, and that was, that's a testament to people who want to be there and want to be a part of it and want to work hard and want to turn the corner and get and get away from all this foolishness, and I give them a lot of credit for that, man, because I, I expected that Raw to be a mess last night. And it was very organized. Everything was good. The segments were good. They did a hell of a job. And hats off to them for for, for pulling that off. Look, that's a, that's sort of a state of the union for the business right now, though, because you know you saying that out loud, you know that that makes me think exactly of that um, the all out show, because all in there is there's another scuffle kerfluffle backstage. 
Punk gets fired, you know, all of that, that he's supposed to be in Chicago, gets fired right before they go to Chicago. And then all of a sudden that roster rallies and has this like insane, you know, B plus show with a C minus marquee on it. And it just, because everybody in the locker room's a pro, right? And so that's what you have here is that you had people that were sticking it out and being pros. And that, that is, that's, that's a really good point to bring up there. And, and that's again, for the business, that's good. That's good for that uh, as a whole, two major companies being able to do things like that is, is really cool. Yeah. All right, so we're at the main event. We had the uh, Royal Rumble this weekend, and I very much i i needed this i needed this Royal Rumble. Uh, it was not only a bad week for uh, WWE, but it was also a bad week for me too. So um, I like was looking forward to like lock just not thinking, uh, not thinking at all, and just releasing. So um, it was really good, and uh, I. I just have some initial reactions. We can do some quick initial reactions. Uh, I my initial reaction is that there was no like big, um, there was no big legend that came in. There wasn't a big surprise in either uh, Royal Rumble, and I liked it. I know that uh, that a lot of people were on the internet saying that they hated it. I very much enjoyed it. Um, I think that it speaks volumes to the company right now where they're at. In terms well, of- let me let me let me say this to the people who were complaining about not getting these quote unquote legends. I mean, they brought Jinder Mahal back, who was rusty and has only been gone for a little bit, and Seth Rollins got hurt in the ring. Okay, yeah. so if you bring in, you know, I, look, I'm not even going to say names. I don't even want to. I don't even want to give people, you know, bad, you know, bad press when they didn't do anything. But you can't bring in somebody from that freaking um, from the new gen era who hasn't worked in 30 years and just to pop the crowd and have them get in there and hurt somebody. Like that's, that's part of the reason why they stopped doing that because they don't want those people to get hurt and they don't want them to hurt their stars. And I don't, I don't fault them for that at all. I mean, there's no, there's a place for all those people, but you don't need to bring them into a match where they're running into people's ankles and things like that in the, in the ring with 25 other guys in there with their backs to each other. Yeah. You don't want that, man. That's not a, that's not a good thing. Totally agree. Uh, and then my my other initial reaction is that I don't know who is making these entrances anymore. I don't know who's making the music, but I have two things about that. Number one, stop going to Tampa. This is the second time that they've not, not only WWE, but AEW did that Tampa show. They did that revolution two years ago, and the crowd was dead for everything, and I felt like the crowd was dead for everything. They had no idea who people's entrance music was, and I don't know if that's on the fans or if that's on WWE. I want to say it's on WWE. But here, here's the thing, Bank, is that everybody lives there. Everybody lives in Tampa. Everybody lives in Orlando, so it's really easy for the talent and for a lot of the people to get back and forth to that place, and it feels like it's an it's a easy event. No, I I understand that, but God, the fans have been not great in those buildings there. Well, they ran a baseball stadium. That's that's part of the reason too. You know, it's a when you get when you've got a an, a, a state a stadium that's that big, you just don't hear it. You don't hear it the way you would at at an at, at, a, at a, an arena show, man. It's just the the sound is going to be a lot different in a, in a venue that big. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we only had four matches on this show. Uh, 
we had the uh we had both men's and women's royal rumble we had the uh fatal four-way for the wwe championship and then we had the u.s title match and I realized that we never gave any of our picks last week before the show. So I felt like a moron whenever I was like, damn it, we didn't give our picks before the show. So, um, but yeah, what'd you guys uh, think about this women's? Just, just say them, just say them now. Who, I mean, we, we know who each other picked, but who, who did you pick? Well, my obvious pick for the men's was Cody. Uh, and, and I had Bailey. I don't even know if I said that in the chat, but I thought that it was time for Bailey just based off of her promo that she had on Friday night. I, I I went with Rhodes and I went with Lynch because I figured I would call their bluff on both, and I got one of them right. Yeah, yeah I would pick Lynch and CM Punk because 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 we were all waiting for Cody. Yeah, I I thought that I thought CM Punk would win, and then say screw you Rollins, I want your title. You know, like like I know that there's this legacy guy, but I want your title. Because I think that what that would have done would it, it, it like from from my you know fantasy booking standpoint to sort of put a shot in the arm Cody it's not like Cody's dead Cody's super over man people love Cody but I mean for this Cody versus Roman thing I thought that that could have injected a little bit of energy into it you know to to put a little bit of drama into it maybe but. Hey man, they were they were both fine. When you had said about that Bailey promo, I didn't even think about her being a being competitive in it until I saw that, and that was when I had thought that Bailey was going to be in the top four, maybe top two, and that is where she would have got the one of the turns from an Oscar, so you know, someone like that. That that would have been the thing that splintered them. Um, but the fact that she won and now we're probably going to get the, um, you know, the old Triple H Dave Batista, that's really cool. So I, I have no problem with that at all. And of course, I have no problem with Cody winning. When she came out. But I do. I, she, well, I really quick before we get into the show, I I do have to say, just because it so juxtaposes yours, your, your thing here, John, I didn't like the show at all. Really? Yeah, I didn't. And I because you said how much you were you were enjoying yourself and I didn't want to be the guy that was just picking a fight with you because I wanted you to I, I literally want everybody to enjoy the shows. I just started texting Andretti on the side and I was like this show sucks. Like <laughs> um I did say in the group chat at 1036, bro, this better be a good rumble because this show is effing turds. And I even liked that last match, which was the Kevin Owens match. Um, I just my my complaints with the show were that the women's rumble to me was a dud until Jade came in. Now the last ten minutes of the women's rumble was excellent. I'm not going, and that saved it. Right, it turned it from a bad rumble to me to a you know not bad rumble. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the championship match was fine, but you know and, and Andretti was the one that was really voicing it all week was. We were we were just wasting 35 minutes, man. We weren't kidding anybody. And that was what was sort of irritating was that there wasn't any true chance that Roman was going to think about losing, nor did it build anything for a future show or for WrestleMania. You could say that it built Randy Orton, but if Roman doesn't have that title, then okay. Like, I know that match doesn't need a belt, but... 
I don't know. I didn't like that. Whereas last year, at least when Roman wrestled Sami Zayn or Kevin Owens, excuse me, we got the Sami Zayn match the next month. And then we fought on this show for an hour about Sami should have won. You know what I'm saying? Like that was really cool. Um, The Logan Paul match with, with KO was great. And I, I, I just, I hated the finish and I know why the finish happened. I do, but uh, like that one, that, that one hit me the wrong ways. Like that didn't heal heat me. That just like, come on, man. Like we're two and a half hours into the show and I have to see that brass knuckle thing. Um, And then the men's rumble was fine. You know, it was, it was fine. I didn't think it was great. And so at the end of the day, for me, I saw a lot of things that I didn't like. I didn't see anything great and a couple of things that I liked. So I wouldn't call it. And you spent five hours doing it. Yeah. 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 And so, and that's, and so that's, that was where I came from. It was, it was was just a, it was, it was a uh, show bricks. Carl's son, Carl's son spent the last hour of the Royal rumble until it was Cody and punk alone streaming Lakers and nuggets or uh, Lakers and warriors on his phone because they were going to overtime or whatever. Come on. That's your boy. Wow. Well, let's let's start let's start at the top here. Let's start with the with the women's rumble and talk about it and go through it. Um Baker, go ahead. Start it off. What what are your thoughts here with about the about the women's rumble? Just to, to just go through the card. Yeah, I, I thought that Naomi was a cool surprise. Um, but I think that I think we can all agree, like I don't need to see her. Um, I thought that the Jordan Grace thing was really cool. With that was awesome. That, that was, was really that cool. Was seriously awesome. Yeah. yeah, she looked quite natural in that ring. I'll tell you that much. You really right. did. Yeah, her, her, AJ, and uh, Randy Orton all trained together. Yeah, yeah. The I have one thing that I have to go get on commentary about because. They start talking about a double winner. Pat asked Cole if there was a double winner, and Cole was like, no, there's never been a double winner. Just shit all over that Bret Hart-Lex Luger rumble. Like, are we just, like, forgetting history here now? Are we going back to last week? Are we forgetting another rumble? Um, I thought that was frustratingly stupid. Um, but I, my real big thought here is that I didn't think that – I didn't think that the – Women's Rumble really started until Becky got in the ring. And then once Becky got in there, then the Rumble really started. And that was like kind of the actual launch point from there. I felt like everybody else, anything else that happened before that didn't really matter outside of what Jordan Grace did. And she looked really good in there. I mean, I'm going to say this. You guys both know um, that I'm a big proponent of women's women's athletics, women's wrestling, you know, in, in athletics in general. Um I don't want to get heat for this, even though I'm going to get heat. I don't think they've got 30 women yet who are superstars to be in a to be in a, a a Royal Rumble. I'm not saying I'm not saying go to 20. I'm not saying go to 25. But I don't think they've got 30 really really good women yet um, on that on that roster to go to have to have anything more than a pretty good Rumble. Mm-hmm. It's never going to be great. Never going to be good. It's never going to be great until they get there. Now they've got they've got people in the pipeline. Now you saw how good Tiffany Stratton looked in that match, man, when mm-hmm. she came in. I mean, it's 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 coming. It is coming. There are people coming that are going to be 
they're going to kind of push out some of the ones that are just kind of there that have been there for a while that aren't really doing much or don't bring much. Mm -hmm. Um, But that to me is, is what brought it down. Just the fact that, you know, they, they've got a couple people that, you know, just because they're in the WWE doesn't necessarily mean that they're the best in the world. And I'll, I'll I'll bring this to Mongoose. Do you remember when, um, the Miami, when, when Butch Davis took over, or not, or not Butch Davis, who who took over the Miami Hurricanes that did, that let that thing go to go to trash? Al Coker, Larry Coker, Larry Coker, where you're just putting bodies in Miami Hurricanes uniforms and expecting them to be the number one team in the world, right? That's what it ends up being. So I kind of compare it to that a little bit. Like there's there's still some people on that main roster that are not really Miami Hurricanes in that era, if that makes sense. But I think it's coming, man. I really do think it's coming where they're going to have the talent to have a really awesome Royal Rumble in maybe a year or two uh, down the road. But I just don't think they're there yet roster-wise to be able to pull it off. Yeah, I you said that you don't think that they should cut – now, I was I – was, uh... You know, might 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 have had me a couple of brewskis or so, you know, watching the show. So I'm feeling myself a little bit. Um, but you and I got into a, a mini spat uh, about it because I said cut it to twenty. Like to, I don't like, know if you can. Here, I don't know well, if you can. Here's, you're well, the optics of it. You're right. But here's the thing: this for me, this was two straight years where they had incredible finishes for huge mania matches or angles and the match to set it up really really lulled for a while and that just that is depth that is what that is it's depth and um i won't call out anybody specifically uh because look man as you said they're pros and nobody went in there and mailed it in or anything like that but dude there was there was enough there were enough botches there was miscommunication whenever you whenever you come in and you're only going to be in the ring for a minute or two, that one time you're off sticks it sticks out. It does because everyone watches you run into the ring. And so when the first two things that you do, if something goes bad, that's not any good. Um, like the, the you know, the, the Maxine spot was really rough because she didn't miss it once, she missed it twice. Um and then the other thing that I didn't like about it was that it was too, too tropish where Naomi comes back at number one and, oh, now Naomi's been in the ring for an hour. Yeah. Like it, I, it was, of course, she's going to be in the ring for an hour, right? You, because Vince isn't there. If Vince was there, she might've been thrown out, you know, before number three got to the ring, but mm-hmm. It, that's the one thing about the Triple H booking that is the best and the worst thing is that the predictability is good because it, that allows you to get behind people and that allows you to feel like you were right. But when it comes to things like that, I don't like it. And I didn't like that once Nia Jax comes out, man, and we knew she's going to be in it. We know she's going to be featured, but you know, Nia Jax is going to come out and she's going to be Diesel or she's going to be Kane or whatever. And uh, you know, there was there were there were a few of those that were embedded in there, but I will give a lot of credit to Jade for having superstar presence on a the biggest scale that you can have or the biggest stage that you can have. Um, Jade picked and slam picked up and slammed Nia Jax 
-hmm. how strong are you, dude? Like, even if Nia goes up for it, that is insane. Um, And again, the creativity with these finishes the last two years in the Women's Rumble are absolutely outstanding. Just when you think that, like, we have seen them all because we've seen, what, 34 of them, 37 of them, something like that. These last two Women's Rumble finishes have been absolutely awesome. And, you know, the tip of the cap to that. But, yeah, that that depth thing is a real issue. And I do think that you're right that in two years, three years, we might not be saying that. But it was it was demonstrated here because some of the stuff that you would expect to see on, like, for example, before I even said it, I want to stop myself. That women's battle royal on NXT two weeks ago was crisper than a lot of the first 35 minutes of this women's rumble. Mm-hmm. You, you know, now was that completely choreographed as opposed to walking through spots before they come out? Yes. You know, and so that does make a difference, but still, you know, you're, you're at, this is the Royal rumble, man. And yeah, I, I don't know. That's, that, that was my two cents on it anyway. So I've got, I've got two things to piggyback off of what you just said. Um, the first one um, I'll start with, with with Cargill because it it's it's been an issue. I I from from an observational standpoint, it's been an issue where she's as an athlete, we've all we've all been coaches, we've all been players, we know this. As an athlete, she's not intuitive enough. And her instincts are not quite there where she sees it and goes. You know what I mean? There's a little bit of hesitancy with what she's still doing in the ring. And that's why they, they, in my opinion, do not put her in the main stage at Mania against Bianca Belair. Don't do it yet. Just save that match a little bit. Put Jay, put Cargill in there with somebody where she's going to have a one-minute, two-minute match, do all the power moves and beat the hell out of somebody and look like a million dollars while she's doing it. I mean, just give me that. At WrestleMania, maybe put her in the chamber, okay, and have her where she's only she's only featured, you know, for a few minutes while she's in there. Maybe that's also a good place for it. But there's still athletic hesitancy with what she does in the ring, where she's waiting for other people to react before she reacts. And that's just my that's just my critique of her. I love her. She's completely beautiful. She has one of the greatest looks I've ever seen as a pro wrestler in my whole life. And I think the, the, the sky is obviously the limit for her. And that kind of that kind of leads me into the second thing I wanted to say, too. Um, Nia Jax has to be there. She has to be there. She has to be on the roster because they've got a little bit of an issue with Rhea Ripley. Because Rhea Ripley is so big physically and so muscular and looks so much bigger than everybody else that's on that roster that she goes into the ring with that it's almost like a Hogan thing where Hogan was always the one that was out, you know, scouting his own opponents, man. This guy was out scouting his own opponents, right? Hogan was to bring in big bodies to feed to him, right? And Rhea Ripley, a little bit of the same issue that they had with Hogan, where they have to have big bodies that are either as big as Ripley or bigger than Ripley to feed the Ripley, okay? That's why Nia Jax is so important right now. And the thing with Jade, with Cargill, She's she's pretty similar, you know, to, to Rhea Ripley. She's she fits that big mold where, where she can compete with it with that kind of a person. And that's why 
Camille is another one that they got to sign because there's only so many of these women out there, man, that are big, athletic, powerful, you know, muscular looking ass kickers that they can bring in to work with Rhea Ripley in a program. So that, I mean, you can't keep going to the well with Rhea Ripley versus Candice LeRae or Zelina Vega. We can't do that. She has to beat giants and that's why they can't miss on those signings. So they've got to close the deal with Camille. They went after Cargill. Jax is the right, is the right person for her, for her to be in there with man. And I know, you know, Jax is, is, is uh, aggressive. And she's assertive in the ring, and she's and she's you know she throws people around, man. And Rhea Ripley's one of the people that can be in the ring with her and deal with that. I think that, I, I think that really is an issue for them. They've got to they've got to feed giant bodies to her, man. And that, and it's they that's that's been the issue with Rhea Ripley, in my opinion. Well, it's probably why she hasn't had the defenses that we've complained about before. Um, but to to when you were just saying about Jade. I, I don't see her and Bianca at all at, at WrestleMania for all the reasons that you said. Look, Jade's moveset was still Jade's moveset. It was still pump kick, pump kick, lariat. Like, do you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, so she is still wrestling, you know, these, these basic, this basic style. Well, look, that, so, that, pump, that pump kick looked really good. The pump kick. Oh, looked look, it good. did. It did. But, and that's, but that's the thing is that, you know, she, she's only doing what she can do, which is fine. But that's why if Jade and Nia at Mania does make sense, because then you have you have Brock and Omos. Yeah. You know, you 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 just you have the you have the four minute, you know. You mean you mean Ripley and Jax? Is that what, you said Cargill in and Jax. No, I at Mania. I say I say I say Jade and and Nia. Well, I, who's who I mean who's Ripley with then? Becky. Absolutely okay. Becky. All right. All right. Yeah, there's there's no way it can't not be Becky, I I feel like. Okay, because if Rhea hasn't wrestled anybody for for a year, like if it's Becky or this is very disappointing. Sure. Like I, I think that I think Naya, if she gets Naya, it's at Australia. Mm, well, that's true. It could happen. Uh, but we can uh, move on to this uh, fatal four way. I I felt like <laughs> this four way. I felt like you've seen one, you've seen them all, uh, and it's pretty much the same thing. I mean, I, I, I won't. I don't want to say I liked it, but I didn't hate it. Uh, but I think that it's still they're very much keeping it in your mind that every time Roman's in a match, Solo is going to come down and he's going to give somebody the thumb, and that is how that is how Roman is going to win. That's the only way Roman knows how to win. That's the only way he has won. Uh, so I think that they're trying to keep that fresh in everybody's mind to expect solo, no matter what, uh, the only thing that I will say that I did like about this match, I liked the stacking that they did, uh, and then Orton kicking out from the bottom that I thought was creative. Um, I liked that styles ate the pin. I know that Andretti has thoughts on that, uh, because that guy seems to always lose. Uh, but also another thing to add on to styles is that I'm kind of over the styles clash. It looks a smidge clunky, especially when you give it to a bigger guy like Roman. I think that we need to pivot sometimes away and just only do the phenomenal forearm. 
the because the 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 clash looks weird and you could even tell in Roman's face as he was getting ready to take it he didn't 100% feel confident in in having it on him either so i, I don't know i this match i guess i don't know really what you can say about it other than it was to be expected in that Roman there was not a there was not a chance that Roman was losing that match it just it didn't do anything for the other three guys like what are the other three guys going to do now or there is are are Styles and LA Knight going to do something together is Styles and Orton going to do something together I I don't know it's it, it leaves more things up in the air and I'm assuming that they'll get figured out at, at the chamber yeah it was it was what it was and it was it was good like the work in the match was not perfectly fine they had some good ideas for near falls the orton one where solo came out where he rko'd everybody that was awesome that was a really really good spot um but the thing that stands out to me so big is that not only is it is it to the point where it went from heat to eye rolls when Solo comes out. Um, the return of Randy Orton, especially, has crippled guys like LA Knight and Solo because they they look like yard gnomes. Yeah, like Solo Sokoa is is the opposite of physically imposing in a ring standing next to Randy Orton. Mm-hmm. Like next to Cena, it was it was still okay, but not next to Randy Orton man and now that i've seen him just be dwarfed by somebody i it it took a lot of luster away man it really did i i it's not his fault it's not it, but he's he's been booked he's been booked to be again i roll instead of crowd heat because we've now seen this since uh that show in the whales or whenever that was like, it's been every match. And now the guy that is Roman's lackey or, or not even lackey his heater feels like a lackey. And I, I, I just don't like it. I, I don't like it at all. Look, I don't, I don't dislike AJ styles. Number one. I mean, he's, you know, probably one of the greatest of all time, you know, it, from, from his body of work everywhere he's ever been, but um, I don't want to see that guy in a world title match ever again, unless you're going to put six months of a build into him and have him beat everybody. Then that's the only way to do it, man. This guy loses every single match he's in. I like him. I know he's got credibility, but I mean, it. I think that I went into that match with a bad attitude to begin with because I have been, it's been eating away at me that, they have people who are knocking on the door to be main event talent. Mm-hmm. And Knight is one of those people. And here we go. We have to have Lesnar come back for Mania. We've got to have Orton come back. we got to have Styles come back. You're yeah. stacking people on top of these guys who are ready to take the next step. And philosophically, I've got a problem with that. If you draft, if you draft a first-round wide receiver who's a surefire starter in the, in the NFL – you don't run out and sign two or three receivers who are legends and put them on the field ahead of that guy. You don't, you would never do that. Right. So why, why do we have to keep going to the past to bring this stuff back unless it's only to bring them back to feed them 
to the guys who are ready to take the next step. And we haven't done that yet. So it is, I just, I got a problem with that. I would have rather seen, I would have rather seen AJ Styles versus Roman Reigns, dude, in that match and gotten Orton and gotten Knight in the, in the freaking rumble or any combination of, of, of any of the, of any of them. I don't care, but I would, I would have rather have gotten a singles match or a three-way instead of a four-way match where we took away from the men's rumble. Cause I think the men's rumble needed those people in it. Yeah. I think it's a great point. The, uh, then we had the uh, the U.S. title match. This was, for me, I felt like this was match of the night. It, it, it really, without this match, I t- this, uh, this show would feel a little low to uh, probably somebody who's not a Cody Rhodes fan. Um, but I didn't realize this came out, you know, after the show that Kevin Owens uh, had a broken foot. And I mentioned him in the three stars that, you know, hats off to that guy for being able to go out there and work with a broken foot um i my takeaways from this match i the i thought it was a great match and it's very similar to what we talked about last week with the rumble 2004 show they with with the sean and triple h match like this match was really good work and then they shit all over the finish how many, like, we've been watching wrestling for how long? Like, over 20 years. Combined, like, all of us together, like, over 60 years of wrestling watching. And I don't think I can ever remember a time where a referee said, Oh, hey, uh, you know, match nullify because you're wearing the brass knucks. Like, they did it. I I, I don't understand. I, I That spot... While I under, I don't know, I don't, th- I just don't get it. Like, that was so stupid. Like, now all of a sudden, r- refs are competent and they know everything in the WWE. Like, that just, I, I didn't, I didn't like it. Um, here's, here's where it gets over, John, is when the ref sees that the heel used it and when the heel's going for the win. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And so, what happens then is, He'll DQ the heel, and now we have an easy path to a rematch. Or he'll he'll say he'll DQ, and the babyface wakes up and says, "Don't take this from me! Don't take this from me! Restart the match!" And now we're going crazy, right? Like yeah. that's when it gets over. Is that if you see the heel with it, it was weird to see the babyface with it. Yes, and then de- disqualify the baby face. That that was what that was it. It was it's like it's like the war games with the baby faces having the advantage. You're now fighting to try to make sense of it when the thing that makes sense of it is the thing that's always made sense. Yes, Thank you know. So that was it. It's, it's just from a psychological standpoint, didn't like it. Yeah, I like thank you for putting the cap on that because I was not getting to my point, but you you dunked it for me. Thank you. I'm here for you, brother. You throw it up. We do that D Wade LeBron Braun got Braun up on top. You throw that picture up there. <laughs> yeah, but dude, this this match was really good. And um the the only complaint that I have is that we still don't know who Jeff is. Now I did laugh out loud when they said Jeff in a white tee, like that, that did, that did make me laugh out loud. He's I do been, need he's to been say there a couple times, right? He's been showing up a couple he, times already. 
Right, he has, but we don't know who Jeff is. I mean, maybe, maybe, like, yeah, maybe been, Loganites first, do, but we don't. This isn't his first his first road. He's been there. Correct. Um, but that that did remind me. It triggered my memory when I was running down some things that that sort of bugged me about the show. Uh, my God, man, I know people are so happy that Pat McAfee's back. And I guess, I guess, you know what? I guess I am too, that he's back full time. So now he can at least know who the wrestlers are and what their storylines are. Because this dude hasn't watched wrestling since the last time he was at a show. And that was, that was on display, especially during the rumble matches, man. Yeah. I, I, I love Pat. I do watch Pat show, but I can only take him in spurts and I'm in a down spurt right now where I don't care what that guy's doing. I don't want him to talk on a microphone anymore. But um, you're gonna get him for three hours a week now, brother. I can't. Oh yeah, thank God. Look, give him a chance because last night was pretty good. I know he's, I, he's way better than he's been in the past. So just give it, give it, a, give it a shot. I don't like him either. I, even as a West Virginia grad, I don't, I don't, I don't like McAfee. But it just, it just give him, give it a shot, give it a chance. Yeah. Um, do you have any thoughts on this match, Andretti? I mean, just the obvious that Logan Paul looks like freaking Shawn Michaels already. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, if we can get this guy full time, man, he's going to be one of the top talents of, of the decade. If we can get that guy, in, if we can get, get him in there full time. Yeah, he's fantastic. He's, he's, he's just everything that he does. He's a natural entertainer and he's super athletic. He's probably one of those guys that's just as great at everything he tries, man. And, and it, I'm, you know, envious of that, of course. And, but he's. I'm living vicariously through Logan Paul, man. I'm glad he's I'm glad he's having a lot of fun and doing what he wants to do and having fun, you know, loving every second of it. Yeah, before we go to the Rumble, John, I want to say out loud too, um, I believe it was Dave that said it, stream of conscious style. So if you listened, you might have missed it because of the 7,000 other words that he said in 90 seconds. Um, but the Paul brothers versus KO and Sammy at Mania, I'm here for. I'm here for that too. Like I, I like that is a that is a that's a mania match, man. Like a really cool, you know, celebrity. But now, but we got at least one celebrity that can work. And even if Jake can't, at least he is credible throwing punches. Like you know, if he could throw good work punches, at least. And that I think that that'd be awesome. That would be awesome. Uh, but yeah, the men's Royal Rumble. Uh, the uh, obviously Cody goes over uh, first back-to-back winner in 26 years. Uh, I I was super ecstatic about that. I I love that. And um, I, I again, there's no legends. There uh, there was I know that a lot of people were upset whenever uh, Ricochet came out there. Um, Sami Zayn, I didn't have a problem with him being 30. Uh, but I didn't really know who to expect, so I don't know. I, I didn't know who to who who are they going to bring out that's going to be a surprise. I, I didn't really think anybody was going to be a big surprise. But um, Cody coming in at fifteen is pretty close to what Andretti and I had thought about was going to happen. We thought he was going to come out at one. Um, I really, really, really dug the Jimmy and Jay uh, stare down at one and two. Didn't uh, get enough, dude. Didn't get enough. Didn't get enough time. That, didn't, give you enough. didn't get this, enough this, interaction. Yeah, and, and this be, is where the, that should be the hottest feud in the in the in the bloodiest feud going into Mania. And they should open Mania with a freaking death match with two of those guys, and they should have been killing each other for the last six months. And this is where the crowd hurt 
because you had mentioned the crowd before, John, and the crowd was during parts of this match and, and the, the women's rumble were just so dead. And this didn't get that insane, insane reaction that you thought it would. And you know what? I take that back. It didn't come off on TV the way that you thought it would. People like people were people were popping for it, but it wasn't the oh my gosh kind of reaction that you would get whenever you have this, you know, stare down between two people that you didn't think that you would see in the ring together. Um, yeah, like I, I like the booking of it. I just thought that it came off a little flat. Now, these guys can obviously both get on the microphone and work themselves into something awesome over the next two months. But yeah, for that being the first one, it didn't seem, it, did, it didn't excite me to see them again, but that doesn't mean I'm not excited to see them again, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Totally, totally makes sense. And I, and I do, I blame, I really, I blame, I blame the, the crowd reaction for a lot of that, you know, like, cause it, it didn't, it didn't give you goosebumps because they weren't, screaming jumping up and down you know and again there there was a reaction but it wasn't i don't know i i i wish i wish that that could have been pulled off a little bit better and it's not anybody's fault other than maybe seventy thousand people or whatever that were there yeah forty eight thousand, whatever it was andretti what'd you think about the rumble um I mean, it, it it was about what I expected you know i I was entertained by it i thought I thought it was good you know i mean is it the best one I've ever seen? Probably not. You know, is it the worst? Definitely not. So, you know, I was entertained enough by it. I mean, but again, man, like, you know, people complaining about Ricochet, complaining about whatever, like if they would have brought in, you know, Duke, the dumpster Drosy, who would have stepped on Cody Rose's ankle accidentally and put him out of mania, everybody would have said, why the hell did you bring somebody in who hasn't worked in 30 years? Now he hurt one of your guys. So people need to keep that in perspective. Yeah. It was good. I thought it was good. I thought the I thought the men's rumble men's rumble was good. Yeah, no. it was. And and that that the final two was the best final two that you could have had. And hats off to that because you you probably you had to be a little sick, right, John? Oh, like God. like you had to be doubting yourself, right? <laughs> and, and that's but that's but that's that's the best part about it. Like that's what the championship match was missing. Yeah, was is this going to happen? You know, because it did that championship match had none of that. And we actually had that there. Uh, it's a shame that we didn't get it with a healthy punk because it probably would have been a lot better. The only thing that I will knock punk for, but it got over, it was it was part of him, you know, turning really heel mid-match was when he screamed out at the crowd and into the camera. Do you think that I'm gonna lose my mania main event or whatever to Dusty's kid? Yeah. I was like, oh dude, he's losing. Like he's I I I assumed that he wasn't that much of a jerk off to bury a dude like that before he threw him over the top. And the fact that he did get thrown over the top then, that was that was really, really clever. Like it was well, a heavy it was, play. It was good. It was good that they did it right after he said it. He basically got thrown out right yeah. after he said that. Yeah. So that, that yeah. If if it would have went for another ten minutes, that would have been bad. Yeah, yeah, but that was the tell. Is right there. I was like, oh, okay, Cody's winning this thing. Also, cool that Cody called out Roman on the turnbuckle. I thought I thought that that was a nice little touch. 
So, you know, you don't, you don't always see that. And I, I did like that part too. Um, yeah, dude, this, this, the rumble was perfectly fine, but the thing is when I say perfectly fine, it wasn't, it wasn't epic. Right. And, and that's, that's, that's it is that because we're going, and this is my first mania, and this is a, this is a, you know, a decade anniversary mania. Um, I was really excited for this show. And I think that that's, that might've played into sort of my disappointment is that I was so amped up for it. And Things were just so by the books, but that's not a bad thing either. It really isn't because it's all about setting up WrestleMania. Do you know what I mean? Um, and if we had a really good TV now right after it, and we have a string of good TVs that set up more things, and the Chamber even is a show that's a a, a C plus B minus, but it sets up everything for two nights of Mania. Then at the end of the day, who's going to be mad? Because it ain't going to be the guy that's sitting in the stadium. You know, I, I will gladly take an underwhelming PLE for an over-the-top WrestleMania. So I, I keep that perspective, too. I'm not down. You know what I'm saying? I'm not I'm not feeling like, oh, no, what, what am I doing? Why did I waste my money? Um, I, I am keeping that perspective. And so I'm optimistic in that way. I'm fingers crossed, man, that, that they're able to right the ship because dominoes fell fast here, shook up the card and everything. So it'll be interesting to see how things lie now got to put over baker or baker yeah you know what john you do the hell of a podcast put him yeah over. you do a hell of a podcast man this, uh, baker you're yeah. awesome dude we love you you are nice. dude you're doing you, you should have been in my top you're if, if we would have done four stars i was gonna go with you as the fourth star <laughs> absolutely you are the polar opposite of everybody in the united kingdom and you know that's sucks. exactly right, that's exactly right. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, but but, but we've got to put over Braun Breaker, man. Did it before, but got to say it again. Uh, you know, we said in the chat, I hope this is the Brock spot, and it was. And the fact that he went in there and held his own and looked as good as he did and got the reaction that he did and even got eliminated by Dom. Dude, if we have Braun Breaker literally kill Dom to death at uh, Perth, that would be great, dude. Let's do it. Hey, load like the station the rocket fuel, man. That guy, did, put it on. I him, do, dude. Get, put it I on do him. give, I do give credit though. You know, and obviously Brock, we probably won't see Brock for a long, long time, if not ever. But man, was that booking for him great? You know, for for him to come in there, have the stare down with Gunther, eliminate some people, and then get eliminated by Dom, which meant that Dom would have written his own death note. Uh, for then Brock to face Gunther at Mania. That's great booking. It is. And the fact that they have a guy that they can slide into that is even better. So let's do it. Let's see if he can run with the ball, man. It's not even just that they can slide him in there. It's that this guy has been ready to be slid in there for probably a year. And now look, yeah. I know we were a little down on the heel run. I especially was like, I don't know if I want to see this heel thing with, with Breaker and NXT, but um, kudos to that guy, man. I mean, it was just a, a hell of a run that guy had, you know, as a baby face. And even the heel run was really good too. Um, and then they, you know, he's had nothing but good matches with everybody. And now this stuff with Baron Corbin that he's doing it, it's a, it's a little bit of a shame, you know, that we're not going to get to see more of that because that stuff was, it was excellent on, uh, you know, in NXT. And I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen tonight, you know, with the, I don't know if there's a dusty match tonight or whatever for the tag team thing. Yeah, but, um, it's the, uh, it's trick and uh, trick and Carmelo. Okay. Okay. All right. So, so what you would think initially anyways, would have been that 
Trick and Carmelo lose, and Carmelo is going to then cost Trick the title or try to cost Trick the title, and that's you know that's what ends up being their deal. Um, but I, now I wouldn't be surprised. There is actual intrigue in this tag match if it's Braun and Baron versus Trick and Carmelo because. You almost think loser loser goes to the main roster, right? It seems like it. <laughs> I mean, I think two of them are going to the main roster. Yeah. Well, dude, how the thing is is uh, I heard Brian Alvarez say more than once since the the rum the rumble in this weekend that uh, that Trick Williams reaction on SmackDown like did not go unnoticed. Yeah. And that's really cool that he was on a pay per view go home show and people went crazy for him. Yeah. Like, like because. You know, not not every single WWE fan is an NXT fan. Right. And the fact that he got a reaction like that and hasn't been on the show for a while the way that Carmella would have been. And, and you know what? Maybe maybe Carmella did not being on the show helped him because maybe people then started to either go back or just tune in when they wouldn't have. And then you see this great looking, uber athletic, um, super out of his mind, charismatic guy. And you would have never expected him to show up, and he did, and people went nuts. Yeah. So yeah, this 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 NXT show has possible mania implications on it. Well, let's talk let's talk about that real quick here. So it's it's coming up this weekend, so we might as well touch on this real quick. Um, so obviously, you know, NXT Vengeance Day is this upcoming Sunday. Um, you know, their PLE that they run, and it's it, it looks like it's a pretty good card. So it looks like it's um, Tony D'Angelo, Stax Lorenzo, and um, uh, Adriana Rizzo versus uh, Bronco Nima, Lucian Price, and Jada Parker. Six six person tag team match. Um, the family obviously is great. I know you love D'Angelo and Stacks a whole lot, but the um, the girl that's with them, um, the Rizzo, she, she I think was a uh, if I'm not mistaken was a big track a big track star in North uh, North Carolina if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. So she's she looks really good in that part with that role with them. So it'll be interesting to see that. And then Nima, um, out the then it's out the mud with Jada Parker. Um, that should be a pretty good match. It might be a I don't know if that's a pre-show match or if it's going to be on the main card, but that that's a pretty good six-way match to to start that show. Yeah, yep. And um, I like anything that gets set up in a restaurant. Yeah. So so the so the fact that they that they stormed in there and said, "Give me the boss" or whatever. Cool. How, All right, I, John, I know you and I love the fact that they have murdered people and their baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's that there's nothing better, and and stayed over, got over bigger as baby faces <laughs> because they over, over bigger by killing people. Yeah, and then the next match. Well, I don't know if it's next match, but the next thing we have here, um, it's, it'll be um, Corbin Breaker versus the winner of Hayes Williams or the LWO. I don't know how that's going to go down tonight on the NXT show um, to set up for Sunday, but. Um, Corbin Breaker have done an amazing job together. They're kind of, you know, the odd couple that just, they've got good chemistry, man. And they, they are really good together. And it's a shame that we're not going to get to see more of that. Okay. So next on the card, um, North American champion, Oba Femi versus Dragon Lee. Um, Oba Femi has looked pretty damn good, man. For being a guy that ha- doesn't have much experience, big, super powerful athletic guy. I think he was the, uh, was he the shot put guy in Alabama? Was that what he, was yeah. that what his background was? He was a shot putter. John's playing the okie doke. <laughs> he was he was the shot putter for sure. Yeah. Um, and I, I do I like I like the fact that they said, "Hey, let's give you a run and let's go with it." Um, 
I don't know. This is one that is up in the air too, where I don't know. Do you give him a win over Dragon Lee and then well, just the, send the, the Dragon, Dragon Lee to Lee, the main run? Dragon Lee booking has been one of the most unpredictable things in, in NXT history. So, right, because, because you said... I don't did, know what they're doing with this guy. Yeah, did, like, does he get this title back and then have a run? Or is he lose and then stays in the main roster? Because I would be fine with either of those, but I would like them to make their mind up. That would be nice. Yeah. Then the women's match, uh, Lyra Valkyria versus Roxanne Perez. I know you're a big Perez fan. I don't know which way they're going to go with this either. The, the the Valkyria run has been a little flat. It's gotten better the last couple of weeks, but I, I think it would probably be better to, to, to flip that belt. Agree, and there's no reason to keep the belt on her. Why? If, if Perez isn't coming up, then put the belt on Perez just to freshen it up a little bit. You know, give give Valkyria something else to do. Um, you know, be it a and and it, this could be something where you know she loses and you have some sort of you know mild attitude change for some reason or whatever. Uh, I somebody makes fun of her for losing is you know as simple as that is, and then that gives her an angle and something different to do. And the thing with Perez that makes Perez so awesome is that because she's so good while undersized without being completely pint-sized, um, she is just the best, best, best sympathetic baby face when she's getting hammered on. And so they can make somebody else now. You know, they gave, you gave Valkyria a, a run with it, and let's see what else we can do. Now, if, if Perez is anywhere close to the main roster, uh, then put, put, put Lyra over huge. Do it. Um, but if not, I think that it is time to flip it. Um, I'm assuming, you know, trying to figure out what they're going to do, that maybe um, Tatum Paxley will accidentally cost Valkyria the match somehow, and then that, that'll spin off the feud between Valkyria and, and Paxley, is my guess. The only thing is that that gives me a little bit of pause with the names like Perez, because we've mentioned some of the men. But when we talk about Perez and then Stratton too, is big losses in big matches very well could be a Mania or, or a, a SmackDown or a Raw after Mania debut for either of these two. Sure, sure. Perez is way more ready than Stratton over, just in terms of ring work. Um, but man, Stratton carried herself like a superstar in that rumble. She absolutely belonged. She really did. And she belongs more than some of the other people that are on TV every week and on the main roster now. That's, that's why I said what I said earlier, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so then the, the, the main event we got, um, NXT champion Ilya Dragunov versus Trick Williams. I mean, dude, I'm fired up, man. I'm all fired up for this. I'm, I'm looking forward to this match so much. I was thinking about it earlier today a little bit. Um, I, I don't know what they're gonna do here, but both these guys are awesome, man. I mean, you can't you can't you can't make a bad decision with with who has the belt coming out of this show on on Sunday. I I think that the answer is a rematch. <laughs> I hate to say that, but I think that this is maybe even a best of three. And they have they not fought already? Did they? I don't know if I can't remember. Because what I was thinking was like uh, to do to do a little, almost sort of what they did with Ilya and um, Carmelo, and if you did oh, it with here. Trick, 
They were set to face each other at New Year's Evil, but the NXT medical team did not clear Dragunov in time for the match. Yeah, that and that's that's why it got pushed to this show. Yes, because they announced it on during the show. Like it was like one of the first things that they announced on the show. But if you turn this into a little mini series or just get one return match, it's not like this thing couldn't headline the NXT show uh, many a weekend. Many a weekend, yeah, for sure. Well, I'd love to see it. If we can get yeah. if we get Williams and Dragunov and stand and deliver when we're live in that crowd, man, I'm going to be all for it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm there. So that's, I, I don't, I, if I was going to pick a winner, I'd pick trick because he's the hot hand. Um, and probably the move is if they think tricks almost main roster ready, maybe the move is put the belt on him, give him a mini run and then let him and Dragonoff kick the hell out of each other at stand and deliver and have Dragonoff go over. And then you debut trick the one on one of the TVs, the the week after mania. They're both probably ready to go up, is the thing. Is that they're dragging up his character development, how much more comfortable he's gotten on a mic and in the you know, the ring work was always there. That guy's ready to go up right now. And I and yeah. Williams Williams probably is too, man. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. The only the only difference is that Dragonoff, as good as he is, which he is great, will not get the reaction that Williams will. Now, long term, Dragonov's the safer bet. Just because you don't know how Trick will continue to develop, but uh, yeah, it's 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 it is it's, it's exciting, man. This brand went from being one where people you thought people were going to be ready in a couple of years, and they had there were some shining stars, but there was a whole lot of people taking a whole lot of lumps, and they have people that are maybe not main event or main roster ready right now, but we're talking are months away instead of years away. Yeah, it's crazy to think about that. It's also cool too, man, because I, I know you you hadn't been able to check out um, too much of the NXT UK stuff whenever it was still you know a, a thing. But to be able to see all these people not only come to NXT or the main roster and thrive, not only just show up but also to thrive is really awesome, man. It's really cool to see that. And there's still there's still a lot of that talent that got released um, who didn't end up coming to the states. Whenever they shut down NXT UK, that I think is probably gonna probably gonna be uh, um, signed back up pretty soon here. Whenever they do restart the NXT Europe thing, and I'm looking forward to it, man. They did a hell of a job over there. That those shows were good, and now a lot of those people are here and they're doing a great job. So it's really yep. fun to see it. Yes, sir. All right, so uh, that was our show today. That was episode 83. Next week we have the. Uh, the Icon series, The Crow, we'll be doing that. And then in two weeks, we'll be doing the No Way Out 2004 show. So be on the lookout for that. And um, make sure you uh, hit us up on the socials at the underscore Podski on Twitter and Instagram. And with that, we will see you next time on the Podski.